Welcome to another edition of the Liebert Fitness for All podcast. It is sponsored by Liebert Fitness. And today on the show, I have Janessa Loreno. Janessa, thanks very much for being on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. And I wanted to start um, because I uh, do know you a little bit through your cousin, Mark. And you started at a very young age as far as um, being a trainer. Did you want to maybe talk about your journey in uh, being a trainer? Yeah, I would love to. So it's it's pretty interesting because I've always known what I wanted to do since a young age, which I've come to learn as I've gotten older is a really rare scenario. A lot of us don't don't really know where we want to go until we get a lot older. Now, I had some mentors in my life, Mark being one of them, Mark Liebert. So um, I actually, when I was, I want to say like seven or eight years old, we used to be at these family reunions. And this is when Mark was just creating the concept of the Liebert equalizer. And this was just, I believe, something that he started out of his garage. And I used to watch him go through the journey of creating the prototype and perfecting it and having this big um, dream and this big vision. And so um, he had his gym in Mississauga and I used to actually go with him and shadow him when I was in grade school and high school. And I would follow him around to train his clients sometimes in, in their homes. I remember going to this one home, I think it was a professional hockey player and it was this beautiful mansion. It was, it was insane. They had like a home gym and Mark would train them and I would just shadow him and he would teach me why we were doing this exercise, why it was beneficial to the athlete, what muscles it worked, um, how to do it properly. And so he was one of my mentors that I really looked up to and I was like, wow, he gets paid to do this for a living. And then, (laughs) yeah, so that was um, when I was pretty young. And then I was really heavy into sports competitively when I was younger, um, track and field, basketball, wrestling. And when I started to learn that I had these athletic abilities, my dad uh, would ask me what I wanted to do when I was older. And I would say that I wanted to train people. And I also at one point said I wanted to be, uh, first I thought I wanted to be a professional athlete. And then, so he was like, okay, I'm going to hire a trainer for you and we're going to get you there. So he hired me a trainer when I was, I believe, uh, eighth grade and I was going into ninth grade so he hires me a trainer to perfect my track and field skills and this trainer ended up being like a second father figure to me um, and I really looked up to him I would go to him for everything in life whether it was related to sports or not um, and just the effect that he had on my life really had made an impact on me and I decided that um, I wanted to do what he did and I remember one day he told me that if it wasn't for having to put food on his plate and a roof over his head, this is what he would do for free for everyone. And the only reason he charges for it is because he has to feed himself. And like that stuck with me to this day. And after that, I was like, you know what, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, And so I started in high school um, training people and I had coached sports like pretty much my whole life. I think the first time I coached a team, I was in fourth grade coaching basketball (laughs) and, and, uh, I have coached sports my whole life. And then when I got into high school, I started um, training people and it wasn't for much. I would do it for like $20 a session. But when you're in high school, that's more than minimum wage. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So, and you don't have any bills to pay. So in high school, if you're making $20 a client, that's pretty solid. <laughs> Absolutely. It is. So I would um, just find random spots. Sometimes I would train people at my house or their house. 
Um, I would go to the track because that was a familiar place for me being a track athlete. I would bring the Libra equalizers because Mark would always, being his family, I would always get free equipment growing up. So I would uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would take it to the track and put clients through workouts there. Um, and sometimes I would go to, we have a hockey arena uh, with like a bunch of stairwells. I would take them there. We would run the stairs. We would do workouts there. So um it started at a really young age and I just started perfecting my craft since, since then. And perfecting your craft. Um, what have you done to perfect your craft? Um, mentoring would be a huge thing. I mean, having mentors is a huge factor in my growth. Um, I mean, like I said, I had Mark, I had my own trainer. Um, I had even, my my chiropractor who's a really close family friend of ours he even used to give me like anatomy and physiology lessons he would whip out like a full skeleton model and he would teach me about the anatomy before I was even taking anatomy in school so by the time I went to school and actually took anatomy and physiology I'm like I already know all this stuff because I learned this from someone who uses it every single day in their field so those uh, were things that really helped me perfect my craft also um just experience, you know, like you have to just put yourself out there and be willing to learn. Um, I did some co-ops and learned from other trainers um, and also taking feedback from clients. I find that's a big one. So I try, I'm still working on this. I'm not always the best at taking constructive criticism because I'm the hardest person on myself, but I really mm -hmm. do try to listen to the feedback that I get from clients, especially when I first started out because you don't know everything when you first start out. And the only way you can get better is, is to listen to the clients and not only listen to them, but see what's working and what's not. Um, and, and that's been basically a lot of trial and error. Now with the clients, um, like do they know their bodies better sometimes and what they can and can't do? Or is that a matter of that? Yes, they can do this and it might be modified, but um, I'm going to get them, you know, to do, you know, that particular, uh, I don't know, workout uh, as an example. I would, that's a tough question. Cause I would say it depends on the client because I do have some clients who are, um, they really love to push themselves and they just kind of need that person there to show them what to do. And there are times when they, I do say a lot of the time to my clients, you know, your body better than anyone else um, in terms of like, if they're feeling like they need a rest day or they're feeling really sore that day. I'm like, okay, if your body's telling you you need a rest day, then take a rest. But there are also these clients on the other end of things that the reason they hire a trainer is because they need someone to push them and they really don't like doing it on their own. And I've also had clients that are, they say, I'm like, okay, this is the exercise we're doing next. And they're like, I can't do that. And I'm like, have you tried doing it before? And they're like, no, but I can't do that. That looks really hard. Like, so sometimes they know, and sometimes they don't know. I think it's a matter of that's why they need the coach there because if I wasn't there you would just if I was to send you a video and be like okay this is the exercise you're doing and that client would have just looked at it and been like no I'm not doing that I can't do that but I was there to tell her yes you can like let's at least try it because you you're there to push them out of their comfort zone but also as a professional you should know what's safe and what's not and what people are capable of so you can kind of read people's fitness levels um, pretty quickly once you've been doing this for a while. Oh, absolutely. And uh, on your Instagram page, it says that you're a tough love trainer, which I absolutely loved when I saw that. 
what is a tough love trainer in your opinion? So a tough love trainer, there's um, the component of the love side of things where you're nurturing them, you're caring for them, you're making sure that they're doing what they need to do, you're laying out the plan for them, you're being that support system and that guidance for them. And that's really what a trainer is there to do. But what I've found is a lot of the time um, with clients, my experiences, you can't only have the love side of things, you also have to have that tough side of things where you're holding them accountable, because if you don't have accountability, I can know the best meal plans, the best workout routines. But if I'm not holding you accountable and calling you out for your BS at the same time, then it's <laughs> not going to work. Yep. And I will say that in the past, um, in my earlier days of of being a trainer, I was a little bit too lenient with people. And then I'd be like, why am I not seeing results? Why am I not seeing results? I know that I'm giving them the good workouts. I'm giving them the proper nutrition advice. And the part that was missing was the tough love side and that accountability side. And now that I've started incorporating that more, I notice a huge difference in my clients, both their mindset, the physical transformation as well, and the mental transformation. That's awesome, because I'm certainly one of those people that need the tough love when I'm uh, working out. And uh, your cousin has certainly tried to help me out as well. But yeah, absolutely. You need that tough love to make sure that they are progressing and doing what they need to uh, lead a healthier lifestyle. So of course, I want to uh, touch on um, O2 Fuel Vaughn, because uh, as I understand, you're a, an owner there. And I just wanted to know how that uh, became a business venture for you. And what you've learned so far in the, um, you know, being a small business. Oh, wow. That's like, it's so crazy how much I have learned in the last couple of years since um, taking that leap, um, especially with being a small business owner in the middle of a pandemic. So, I mean, learning the learning the business ins and outs is already hard enough. And then you throw that in there. So I've grown so much in the last couple of years, but especially this past year alone. Um, so I guess to start, I was in school, um, I was taking sports and recreation management. And I had always known, like I said earlier, I'd always known what I wanted to do and that, what industry I wanted to be in. And I used to think that I wanted to own my own gym and start it from scratch, build the brand from scratch, make the logo, create the name, create the branding, the philosophy from the very beginning. That was always my dream since I was younger. And then I finished school. And in my last semester, the two founders of O2 Fuel Fitness, which are um, my partners, Adam Van Hoogenize and Krista Foley, they, they came to my school and they were doing this presentation because Adam had taken the same course that I was in. And then he had created this whole, whole amazing company that was really well known in my hometown of Sarnia. Everyone knew it as being the transformation specialist. If you want to transform your body and your mind, this is where you go. So they really made a name for themselves. And he came to the school to basically show the students and my class, like, Hey, this is the course I took. And this is where I am now. You can do the same thing with your life. And I was sitting in the class, just like astonished by what they had done. And then the next day we were supposed to go to their gym and take one of their classes to see what it was all about. And the background of O2 Fuel is basically we train people like athletes 
but we modify it for the everyday adults. So you have that lean athletic look. So when I went there, it's a very sports conditioning um, style of training. So when I went there to take the class, they came up to me and they're like, you uh, play some sort of sport, don't you? Like, were you a track athlete? And they knew right away just by the way I moved my body because all those movements were very familiar to me. And it was easy for me. So then we started building a relationship from there. And they had asked me to come in for an interview um, for to be a trainer. And I was like, so excited. And I go in there and I do this interview, but I had gone in there with the mindset of like, oh, this is my dream job. I really hope they take me. I really want this job. I really need this. And like my confidence wasn't at the same level it is now. And my, I guess, value and my self-worth. And I went in there like so eager. Um, They ended up telling me I was too green. I was just out of school. And they said that I needed to go get more life experience. And they're like, we don't want to train you. And then you go off to get life experience, and like move somewhere else. I'm like, I wouldn't do that. This is my dream job. I wanted this my whole life. (laughs) Next thing you know, probably a month or two later, I had booked a one-way flight to the Dominican Republic. (laughs) And and I was like, only a month before, I was like, I'm not going to move away and get life experience. I just want to work here for the rest of my life. Um, But they were right. I will admit it now. They were right. But I kind of like, it's funny now because we joke about it. I'm like, you guys rejected me. And then my middle finger to you is I got a one-way flight to the Caribbean. (laughs) So so then I'm there for for um two years which is a whole other story but I'm there for two years and I started my own little training business there and was making a living in a third world country which is not an easy task so they had saw me posting on Facebook and posting on social media about these clients I'm like training in the tropics and so Chris messages me and was like what are you doing down there I don't understand like you need to tell me what's going on he goes first thing I know he goes we're interviewing you and then next thing I know you're on a flight and you're training people down south so He'd actually come down because he was like impressed by what I was doing and how much I had had grown and just taken this risk on myself. So we came down and he wanted to see, he goes, I have a possible opportunity for you, but I want to know what it is you're doing. And so we came down to see for himself and he didn't really say anything about business yet. I think he wanted to see what I had going on there. And, and then about the third or fourth day in, um, I had shown him around the island. I showed him the gyms I was training at. I introduced him to some of my clients and explained how I was making money down there um, and getting my name out there. And the third or fourth day in, he sat me down and was like, listen, we want to start branching O2 Fuel out and opening more locations. And um, we want to possibly talk with you about bringing you on as a partner for um, our next location. So then that conversation started rolling. I ended up moving back to Canada to work for O2 Fuel First because I wanted to make sure that I believed in the company and fit in with all their values and everything. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to work for the company first. And then if I like it, which obviously I ended up loving it, then I want to be a part of it. And then here we are now. I have my very own location in Vaughn. <laughs> That's absolutely amazing for your story and being in the Dominican and working in a third world country and still having uh, clients um, how, like, can you let us know, the listeners know, how you grew your um, fitness business when being in the Dominican through social media? Well, okay, so I'll first say this is it's, um, it's not the same as here. So it's really important that I say this part first. So it's not the same as when you're in Canada or the US, and you advertise yourself as a personal trainer, and then you bring people on as clients, and they sign like a three month, six month, one year agreement. 
you don't get those long-term clients as easily because in the Dominican Republic, it's a lot of tourists and like snowbirds. So they're there for a very limited amount of time. So you're lucky if you can get even like a one month agreement out of someone because they might be in a different country the next month. So you don't have that reoccurring income all the time. You're constantly having to get new clients. Whereas here in Canada, I sign people for a year or six months, no problem. So, um, you can make a lot of money one month and then none the next month. So what I did was I just really honed in on using social media to get my name out there. And I wanted to just position myself as this female trainer who was training clients on the beach. And I just made it sound like as luxurious as possible. <laughs> and my, my, that's, sorry. I, well, I was just saying that's heaven right there being able to, train on a beach in the blue waters of the Dominican Republic. That's paradise. Exactly. And that's what I just portrayed was that um, they always say, sell the vacation, not the trip there, meaning um, show them what they're going to have when they're there and how exciting it's going to be. Don't tell them about like all the other things. Cause to be honest with you, you're going to sweat your butt off when you're there. Like it's not easy to work out in the Caribbean. It's very hot, but I didn't tell anybody that they just, I just let them figure that out when I got there. <laughs> I'm just, all I'm telling them is like the beautiful like ocean you're going to work out at and like all the, the yummy organic foods you're going to eat. So the way that I kind of, yeah. <laughs> so the way that I kind of sold it and intrigued people, because this was something so different, as I said, okay, everyone knows what it feels like to go on a all-inclusive vacation to the Caribbean or wherever else. And you go there, you, you have all you can drink at the bar. You can have as much beer as you want, as many pina coladas as you want. You can just lay on the beach and do absolutely nothing and be lazy for a week um, and eat all the food you want because all those places have the buffets and it's unlimited food. So everybody has done that. And what happens when you come home? You feel like garbage when you come home from, from those trips. A lot of people have come back and they've gained weight and they're also mm -hmm. super dehydrated and bloated because you can't drink that much alcohol in a week in somewhere that's like very, very hot. You're just going to be so dehydrated afterwards. And then they're eating like garbage the whole time. So my whole thing was now let's go on vacation and come back feeling the exact opposite. So my clients were coming on fitness vacations with me and going home um, already like five or 10 pounds down. I've taught them how to cook um, healthy, balanced meals. I've taught them how to work out on their own. And they were active the whole time they were here. They weren't drinking alcohol the whole time they were here. They were drinking like coconut water. We had fresh coconut water delivered to them um, every day at the gym when they would come in and then I would cook breakfast with them after and everything that we cooked was from or an organic farm so this was like my whole thing is come down with me come train in the Caribbean and I'm going to teach you how to live a healthy life when you go home you're going to feel like a million bucks so that's my problem see every time I go to the Dominican I go to an all-inclusive resort and like you said gain 10 pounds and then I don't feel as good as when I actually first uh, went to the D Dominican so Right? My problem is, is I've been training with you all the times so that I used to go down to the <laughs> Exactly. And you know what? Some people, like, they, when they, um, they're like, well, why would I want to go on vacation and just, like, work out the whole time? But what I would do is kind of customize it and get a feel for them before they came down and be like, okay, what are the things that you really want to do when you're here? And get a feel for their the things that they like or they don't like. Because some people don't like to do crazy, intense workouts. Maybe they want to surf. Maybe they want to do... Um, yoga so some of my clients 
we would barely even work out. We'd work out like maybe twice a week. And then in the mornings I would take them surfing and then we would do yoga right after. And then maybe go for like a run on the beach if that's what they're into. It was about like customizing it. So they actually enjoyed, um, enjoyed what they were doing there. No, and that's just it. Is is I think you have to have a conversation with the person that you're training and find out what they do like, because otherwise they're not going to enjoy it and then they're not going to be able to sustain that. Exactly. It's all about sustainability. Yeah, at the end of the day, I think it certainly is. Um, now, as far as, um, you know, mental health goes, uh, that is a huge topic these days. Um how are you pivoting with COVID in your clients? And um, is there a huge mental part um, to how you train people? Yeah, so I truly believe that fitness starts in your mind. And I know that sounds like so cheesy and so cliche, but I've been through like many things in my life where I didn't want to continue exercising and I was just like, screw this. I'm just going to like gain weight and be lazy for the rest of my life. And then my mindset would kick in. And it always, the only thing that gets me back up and going again is having a strong mindset and really working on that. So you can, you can eat, there's like that meme that keeps floating around on Instagram. It's like, you can eat all the kale, do all the yoga, do all the working out and drink all the water. But if you don't deal with the crap that's going on in your head, then you're still not healthy. And it all starts there. So true. (laughs) It's so true. So that's what we're really trying to focus on with our clients right now, especially since like we just got closed down again. So now tomorrow, officially the gym is closed again, but I'm like, you have to switch your mindset instead of being all sad and depressed about the gym closing and thinking, Oh, I'm just going to give up and wait until the gym opens again. We could open and close another 10 times. What are you going to do every single time that the gym closes? Are you just going to like stop your progress? And because like everyone was um, getting depressed and getting anxious every time that we close. I'm like the only real thing that deep down is going to help you with that is continuing to stay active and continuing to take care of yourself, eating healthy, going to sleep at a proper time. Um, those are the things that are going to keep you mentally stable. And even for me, myself as a trainer, someone who's been in fitness and sports my whole life, there was a two week period during um, the really big closure when we were closed for almost five months. We were, mm-hmm. um, I had had like a small injury and my body was telling me to rest. I was like, okay, I'm going to take like two weeks off. Um, and one of our coaches stepped in and did the live training sessions instead. So during that two weeks that I was off, as much as my body really, really needed that rest, my head, like I could tell after a couple of days, I was starting to feel depressed and I was starting to feel lazy and lethargic. And I started to feel the negative thoughts creeping into my head. And the only thing that got rid of that was after the two weeks when I, my body was rested up and I was able to start working out again, then all of a sudden I felt mentally stable again. And so I was thinking to myself, that was only two weeks and I felt that crappy. What about all the people who spent the entire five months doing nothing? I can't imagine where their head would be at. Yeah, no, it's uh, very hard to stay mentally strong. Um, And you do have to take care of your mental health at the end of the day, because I really think that that um, I, I just think that that's kind of the starting point. If you have good mental health, then you feel like exercising or you feel like making a good meal or making, you know, good meals at the end of the day. So for me, mental health, it's kind of 
it's the number one thing and it's something that I struggle with. And yeah, I just think it's the number one thing to start dealing with and then everything else falls into place. I think for sure, because you know what, I think um, it's easier said than done, obviously, just like easier said than done. But that's why I think it just requires baby steps rather than like an all or nothing mentality, which I've been guilty of before. And I really try to work on not having this all or nothing mentality. But I noticed that a lot with um, the general public is they're like, okay, I either have to be working out every single day for an hour every single day and eating healthy all three meals of the day, or it's like nothing, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I used to be like that. And now I really have started to realize that's not realistic. That's not sustainable. And you're not going to be mentally healthy at that point, because you're putting so much pressure on yourself to be perfect all the time. It's not about that. It's about creating a sustainable lifestyle that's consistent. So consistency can mean that you just do three workouts a week, and you eat healthy 80% of the time, the other 20% of the time you treat yourself, but you do those things consistently rather than being perfect 100% of the time, you're actually going to see better results mentally and physical, physically that way. Absolutely. Now, because you've been a trainer for a very long time, or at least working towards that, uh, what are some of like, top one or two things that you've learned? Um, through this process of uh, just becoming the person that you are today? Ooh, the top one or two things I've learned. Um, I would say number one, that, ooh, this is a hard one. (laughs) Top one or two things (laughs) I've learned about myself, you mean, or about like the industry? No, about yourself, because at the end of the day, I think we need to make ourselves better. And we uh, are constantly learning to make ourselves better. So okay, Um, honestly, number one, the first thing that comes to mind right now, I don't know if this is overall or just because of the times we're in. I would say the first Mm -hmm. thing is I'm I'm hands down the hardest person on myself. And I have learned that I need to have a better balance of um, releasing that pressure on myself and not thinking that everything has to be perfect 100% of the time, which is funny, because I was just saying that it's all about balance and not being perfect 100% of the time. But that's how I know that is because I am the worst at that. Both You've experienced in, this. Yes. Yeah, both in business and in fitness, I'm really learning to go a little bit easier on myself and and have more boundaries, I guess you could say boundary is like my new favorite word. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Boundaries are good. Yes. (laughs) To have at the end of the day, but it's good that you recognize it and you've uh, talked about it because, um, you know, like I said, I have my own mental health uh, challenges at the end of the day. And I find that with me, um, I'm also very hard on myself and it's just good to verbalize it because if once you verbalize it and say what you need to work on, then at least it's out there. Um, And especially if you rate it down too, because then that's something you can look at every day to say, okay, this is what I need to improve on. And you've recognized that, um, you know, about yourself. So that's awesome. Yeah, I've really, I mean, I think I've always kind of known that, but this year has really shown me that um, I've got to have more boundaries, both with myself and with other people and with clients, just to salvage my own mental health. Because at the end of the day, you can't give everything to everyone. You have to take care of yourself first and then you'll be able to take better care of everyone else after that. But you have to make your, it's like, what's that saying? Uh, you can't pour from an empty cup. 
Absolutely. No, you certainly cannot. <laughs> uh, for her listeners, uh, just before we go, um, do you want to um, talk a little bit about um, your uh, the O2 Fuel Fitness and uh, if they want to become a member or be able to talk to you, give those details out? Yeah, for sure. So um, we are located in Vaughan, Ontario. So if anyone lives in the area, obviously right now we are closed as of today, but uh, we will be opening again soon, I'm sure. So they can find us at o2fuelfitness.com. Um, my personal Instagram as well, you can reach me. It's Janessa, J-A-N-E-S-S-A. Loriano, L-A-U-R-E-A-N-O-O. I did a double O because for some reason there's another Just Janessa Loriano out there and she won't give me my name, but <laughs> so I have oh. two O's. Um, and <laughs> we are doing an online program now as well. And we have a supplement brand that we just launched. So uh, that's going to be up on our website shortly if anyone wants to join our online program and train with me online. Perfect. Well, Janessa, it's been uh, lovely having you on the podcast. Thank you very much for agreeing to do it. And uh, you have been listening to Janessa Loriano on the Fitness for All podcast. And once again, it's sponsored by Liebert Fitness. Thanks, Janessa. Thanks, Cam. Have a good day.